When the Third Reich came into power in 1933, they proclaimed that they would last for a thousand years. Their reign was considerably shorter, lasting only 12 years, and ended in 1945. But did it end in 1945? I think they just all moved to the state of Oregon, because now Nazism and tyranny seems to be in full vigor in that most benighted of states. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another episode of the National Preview Online podcast. If you have not already subscribed to the show, we ask that you do, and you can do so in one of three easy ways: either go to the Google Play Store or the iTunes App Store, and simply click subscribe after you search for the NPO podcast. In the alternative, you can download the free Podbean app, our hosting service, and you can subscribe that way. You can download that app in either of those two Play Stores that I just mentioned. Either way you choose to subscribe, you'll be able to. Listen to shows as they're uploaded to the system. Be notified of episodes as they're uploaded to the system. Leave comments and reviews, and we desperately re- would require your comments and reviews in order for the show to grow. So please leave us your comments. Leave us a nice review if you like it. Tell uh, tell your friends about us. Share uh, links to the show with your friends, and we would greatly appreciate it. So, in the state of Oregon. They have uh, added to their reputation, as I've mused many times on this program in the past. I have wondered why there's been such unrest in the state of Oregon,、uh, particularly as it relates to the George Floyd case that happened in Minnesota, which is a considerable distance away from Oregon. Why are all these protests happening in Oregon? In the aftermath of Uh, Derek Chauvin's conviction. They still protested in Oregon. I'd like to know what they would have done had he been acquitted, but they protested his conviction notwithstanding. Well, Oregon has now become the first state in our illustrious union to require vaccination proof for maskless entry into businesses, workplaces, and churches or other houses of worship. That's right. You heard me correct. On May nineteenth, the states. Health authorities updated their masking guidelines, following the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to roll back strict strict mask mandates. However, they state that businesses, employers, and faith institutions now have the option to adjust their masking guidance in their establishments. Businesses, employers, and faith institutions choosing to do so, though. Must have a policy in place to check the vaccination status of all individuals before they enter the establishment. Businesses, employers, and faith institutions who do not create such policies will maintain the same masking guidance listed below, regardless of an individual's vaccination status. Meaning, if you can't. Ascertain the vaccination status of a person entering your workplace or your house of worship or your business.、Uh, you have to treat them as if they are an unvaccinated person, meaning you have to require that they wear a mask. So this is about as close as you can get to "Let us see your papers" as we can get. What's even scarier is that the state has abdicated any authority in this in this、uh, matter, and. Imputed it to private entities, basically making them an enforcement arm 
of the state. Now, if the state wants to go around and enforce this sort of nonsense, then let the state go around and enforce it. Let the state foot the bill. Let the state send the police around. Let the state send the health inspectors around. Instead, they want to require businesses, employers, and faith-based institutions to do it in their stead, and make no mistake, if they get an allegation that uh, one of those aforementioned categories of uh, businesses or uh, churches fails to do so and lets someone in that shouldn't have been gotten in without a mask, they'll look to find that person. So through intimidation, they're going to get private entities to try and carry out things that they should be carrying out. This is about as close to Nazism or totalitarianism, as you can get. And it has not escaped the notice of that old institution known as the ACLU. Here in the Epic Times, it states that the statewide policy is the first of its kind in the country and is raising concerns for those who don't want to wear masks or take the vaccine due to a number of concerns, including safety, side effects, efficacy, mistrust in pharmaceutical companies, and a lack of full FDA approval. The American Civil Liberties Union, in late March, flagged vaccine passport systems' potential problems in an opinion piece, arguing they would create two tiers of unvaccinated and vaccinated people. A spokesperson for a business group, Oregon Business and Industry, told the New York Times that, quote, they have serious concerns about the practicality of requiring business owners and workers to be the enforcer, which is what I just said. We are hearing from retailers and small businesses who are concerned about putting their frontline workers in a potentially untenable position when dealing with customers. Yeah, what is this uh, counterperson at McDonald's supposed to do when Joe Smith or Jane Smith walks in and says, I'm not wearing a mask And you can't even ask me if I've been vaccinated because under HIPAA laws, this is privileged information. They have no authority. They're not a government entity. What is this minimum wage earner supposed to do? Run afoul of some mandate by some idiot in the bureaucracy of the state of Oregon uh, by not requiring this person to prove whether or not they've had the vaccine, or are they supposed to get into a confrontation and throw the person out, which would eventually result in law enforcement being called in anyway? I mean, it's a no-win situation. On May 16th, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky said that local governments, but not federal, will be driving vaccine mandates of this type. Quote, we're not counting on vaccine mandates at all. It may very well be that local businesses, local jurisdictions will work toward vaccine mandates. That is going to be locally driven and not federally driven. Well, thank you for that. New York, which is offering free vaccination and incentives to get the shot. What incentives are they offering? Released in March, an application that could act as a COVID-19 vaccine passport. The application is named the Excelsior Pass. That is the motto of New York State, Excelsior. And local authorities are thinking about requiring it for sports events, weddings, and businesses. Keep thinking about it, because we're not going to do it. New Yorkers have proven they can follow public health guidance to beat back covid And the innovative Excelsior Pass is another tool in our new toolbox to fight the virus while allowing more sectors of the economy to reopen safely and keep personal information secure. So says New York Governor 
Benito Mussolini Cuomo, a Democrat. This would be the same Benito Cuomo who can't keep his hands off women. There's been nine people who have made allegations. You know, they've all fallen off the radar screen of the news media. Uh, this is the same Cuomo who is responsible for about 5,000 deaths in nursing homes by mandating those facilities take COVID-19 patients. And this is the same piece of crap that I haven't seen wear a mask in a press conference in over six months. And now he's hawking the mask. He's also the biggest hypocrite of all time. He's the same one that said anyone who goes to a wedding with more than 100 people had to have a negative COVID-19 test within three days. Now all of a sudden that restriction has been lifted And as if you're a regular listener of this program, you are well aware that's only been done because in June, Governor Benito Cuomo's youngest daughter is being married in a 500-person ceremony in the governor's mansion, and you can't very well have a 500-person ceremony when the governor of the state of New York says you can't go above 150, now can you? So when it was convenient for him, restrictions became not a problem. I think we can safely assume that if the governor's youngest daughter were not getting married next month with such an ostentatious wedding, uh, ostentatious wedding rather, uh, these restrictions would not be lifted. And we may very well uh, foresee that restriction being instituted or reinstituted after the completion of her wedding, saying, oh, well, uh, new evidence reveals that it wasn't such a good idea. So again, rules for thee, not for me. But Oregon is jumping out front, being the first state to implement a system requiring people entering workplaces, businesses, and religious sites to show proof of vaccination, and they're dumping on the businesses to be the enforcers. So for those of you who thought that the Nazi regime only existed from 1933 to 1945, you are wrong. It is in full vigor in the state of Oregon, and I suspect will be rearing its ugly head in many other blue states throughout the country. Now, moving on to the federal level, but also collaterally related to the COVID-19 virus, uh, we have another little tidbit. Before we get to that, it's interesting to note that Dr. Fauci, who's supposed to be the head honcho over at the CDC, uh, he disagrees with the CDC. (laughs) So I guess he's not calling the shots because they said that um, you don't have to wear a mask anymore if you're vaccinated. And he's out there. Oh, yeah, everyone should wear a mask. And I mean, is there any doubt that Dr. Fauci is the biggest jerk that you can possibly come across? Here's a guy who's been vaccinated. He walks around in public wearing two masks. The man is a schmuck. But yet when he threw out the baseball, which was supposed to go to home plate and landed in the first baseman's mitt, um, He wasn't wearing a mask when he was seen in the stands. He wasn't social distancing. He was sitting next to people who were not his spouse, not family members. He's just a lying piece of shit, and there's no other way to say it. Um, He tried to say, well, I was a bit parched. I had to have a, a drink of water, a sip of water. Well, he must have been sipping it for two hours because he didn't have his mask on for the entire game. But GOP senators are urging Sleepy Joe Biden are pretender president, to reverse a decision that he made to give COVID-19 medical technology and intellectual property to China. Now, I have a good friend who's a doctor at um, part of the Einstein Medical Group that said that uh, Trump didn't do anything to give us the vaccine and that he's a liar and that the Chinese released everything. Well, if the Chinese know all of this stuff, 
Why do they need our intellectual property? Why don't they come up with their own vaccine? They're the ones that came up with this problem. They're the ones who unleashed it on the world. Let them deal with it. If you just keep the travel ban in place, keep these goddamn communists out of the country, keep them from coming in here, let the students go to school in China instead of giving college seats to students from foreign nations that should be going to American boys and girls, we wouldn't have these problems. Keep the businesses there. Everybody's working remotely, right? People don't want to go into Manhattan. Businesses are starving because restaurants couldn't open, right? Everybody's working remotely. Nobody's patronizing little luncheonettes. The hell with the Chinese. Bunch of goddamn communist bastards anyway. But back to Sleepy Joe, who's also a communist. The trade-related intellectual property rights waiver was first proposed by India and South Africa and would suspend intellectual property protections for products and technologies needed for the fight against COVID-19, including vaccines for the duration of the pandemic. Now, on May 5th, according to this article in The Times, U.S. Trade Representative uh, Catherine Tai released a statement on behalf of the administration, Catherine Tai being of the Asian persuasion, maybe she has sympathies with China, I don't know what her ethnic background is beyond her being Asian, but she released a statement on behalf of the administration which voiced support for the TRIPS waiver. But more than a dozen Republican senators have now voiced their concerns over the controversial waiver, stating it would do nothing to end the global pandemic and would instead foster uncoordinated vaccine nationalism. Senators Roger Wick, Tom Cotton, Tom Tillis all sent a uh, letter to Secretary of Commerce Gina Raimondo and Trade Representative Tai on the 20th of this month, asking them to reverse the Biden administration's decision to support the proposal. In a strongly worded letter, the senators argued that the waiver would undermine the nation's global leadership in technologies, medicines, and treatments of the future and provide a boost to the Chinese Communist Party's vaccine diplomacy and enable Beijing to undercut American leadership on vaccine distribution throughout the developing world. And that is absolutely correct. The Chinese wish to curry favor with a number of people in the third world. Now, Biden wants to give away everything. I say, we'll manufacture the vaccine. We develop the vaccine. You want to sell it to people. You want to sell it at a fair and modest price so that everyone can gain it. Fine. Why should we give all this technology to the Chinese and allow them to distribute it to people in need and collect all this goodwill when it was the sweat and the intellectual ingenuity of American scientists and researchers that enabled us to get this vaccine in the first instance. See, this is the difference between people like President Trump, who had an America first philosophy, and sellouts like this piece of crap, this this sorry blackguard that currently inhabits the White House, Joe Biden and his piece of shit son, Hunter. This is the difference between people who are patriotic and people who are traitors. And that's all he is. Joe Biden has been on the wrong side of every decision ever made on a national scale in his 45 years in the Senate, and he's on the wrong side of this one now as president, the puppet president, as I like to call him. The senators writing this letter noted that countries such as China, India, and South Africa had falsely claimed that the waiver would speed up the development of new vaccine capacity and pointed to a lack of technological capacity in the supply chain as the underlying reason as to why there are not currently enough vaccine doses. Forgive me, I didn't realize it was the responsibility of the United States 
who was a victim in all of this, to come up with vaccines in sufficient numbers to save the entire world. I think our only obligation, or certainly our first obligation, is to protect our own citizens. And I still question how much protection they even need from a virus that has a 99.5% survival rate. So stop with your horseshit. Stop with this bullshit. That's about what it is. Let the Chinese solve their own problems. They made their own problems. You want to have production capacity? I'd sooner give it to people in India than I'd give it to China. India is a very pro-West, third-world country. Vaccine is a complex technical and logistical process with limited re- uh, technical resources. At best, all President Biden's giveaway to China and India and others will do is foster uncoordinated vaccine nationalism as countries jump in to try to coerce technology transfer and manufacturing locally. Thirteen Republican senators signed on to this. I wholeheartedly agree with it. Uh, The senators also want to know whether Chinese leader uh, Xi Ping asked the administration to grant the waiver when he spoke with Biden in March, how the waiver would be implemented and whether private citizens would be denied their ability to protect or enforce intellectual property rights in U.S. courts. I'd like the answer to these questions also, (coughs) but don't expect them forthcoming from the Biden administration. Other questions include whether or not the Biden administration plans on waiving American intellectual property laws and intellectual property enforcement. You don't think they'll do it? Damn right they'll do it. This man is contemptuous of business. All he cares about is enriching himself. Now, before we kiss off for the weekend, uh, there's another little tidbit of information I wanted to cover. And the next month, we're going to be coming back into our podcast, Hot and Heavy. we been working on a lot of things. We're getting a few in every week, but we try to get them uh, every day when times are good. And the next month, you can expect to see more podcasts than you've seen in the last uh, three weeks or so. But uh, the New York City Department of Education and the public broadcasting system have come under a little fire. You know, I've told you for many months now that the world is upside down and uh, We also spoke when the subject came up during the confirmation of that Dr. Levine for the uh, cabinet position, or an under-cabinet position in Biden. You know know who she is, or he is, that transsexual that used to be in charge of health in the state of Pennsylvania, Uh, also was a big fan of sending people to their deaths by sending COVID-19 positive patients to nursing homes where they infected people in various compromised states of health in those facilities, causing them to die while making sure one of her parents was taken out of a nursing home and put into a private facility where there are no COVID-19 patients. Hypocrisy, once again, the word of the 21st century, I've been saying all along. Well, that brought us to the subject of transsexualism, and I told you that it's nothing more than a mental disorder, and this we have on great authority from Dr. Paul McHugh, who was the former head of psychiatry at John Hopkins University, the first university in the country to perform sex change operations. There is such a small percentage of people in this country that fall into this. One is given to wonder why the entire social lexicon and cultural ethos of a nation must be overturned, upturned, turned on its head to satisfy and uh, pacify people who essentially don't have a medical condition, they have a psychological condition. They have a mental disorder. They have a body dysmorphic disorder. 
There's no difference, as I've told you before, between a man looking in a mirror, seeing a woman, than there is the skinny, anorexic girl who's throwing up her food, refusing to eat, looking in the mirror and seeing a fat girl. The fat girl doesn't exist, and neither does the woman that the man sees. It's a mental disorder. Dr. McHugh explained it in great detail in an op-ed that was first published in the Wall Street Journal in 2014. It's been republished. I advise everyone to read it. It is most enlightening. I'm giving you some paraphrasing here, but when you read it, you'll understand it in totality. So why is the New York City Department of Education and PBS facing backlash? Because they showed a drag queen to a young children. To, to young children. Um, it says here that they invited a drag queen who was the author of a book to contribute to an education show aimed at young children. Quote, Today I'm going to read from my own book, which is The Hips on the Drag Queen Go Swish, 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 said the drag performer, who goes by the name Little Miss Hot Mess during an episode of Let's Learn, a TV series produced in partnership by the New York City Department of Education, WNET, a PBS member television station for New York City. What sounds like a little hot mess is the Department of Education and Public Broadcasting. Are you kidding me? You're going to show kids. Now, who are these kids? Kids in 3K to second grade, pre-K-3, pre-K-4, kindergarten, first grade, and second grade. Children between the ages of 3 to 8. And we're going to let them sit there and be read from the epic book, The Hips on the Drag Queen Go Swish, 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 by Little Miss Hot Mess. These are the people that are in charge of the education of your children. These are the people who are making decisions. Do you think these people are in their right minds? Do you think this was a prudent decision to make? These are children who are not fully formed are being told that this sort of thing is normal and it's okay. Now, according to the New York City DOE's website, Let's Learn is geared toward this audience specifically and offers age-appropriate content that is aligned to education standards and lessons for early childhood education, focusing on foundational reading and writing skills, literacy, math, science, social studies, and the arts. Quote, I wrote this book because I wanted everyone to get experience, to get to experience the magic of drag and to get a little practice shaking their hips or shimmying their shoulders to know how we can feel fabulous inside of our own bodies, the performer said, before moving on to read the book to the tune of the nursery rhyme, The Wheels on the Bus. At one point, the drag queen said to the audience, I think we might have some drag queens in training on our hands. Now, are you kidding me? If I ever found out that a principal or someone in a school that my son attended supported this sort of thing, I'd be down there in force. I'd be down there with more than force. I would visit and let loose the hounds of hell 
on that administrator who did this, and I wouldn't stop until I had him in court. The episode sparked immediate backlash on social media. Surprise, surprise. Especially from those on the political right who found it inappropriate to expose expose young children to drag performance, which is highly sexual in nature. I think people on the right and left should be appalled. I don't think children of that age should be uh, exposed to something like that. Quote, drag shows are very sexual in nature and are for adults, wrote one Twitter user. We need to make better choices for our children and stand up for American family values. The New York City Department of Education and PBS should be ashamed of themselves. And the answer to that question is they should be ashamed of themselves. Taking American tax dollars to pay for three to eight-year-olds to watch a PBS drag queen story hour. Trisha Flanagan, a former Republican contender for New Jersey's U.S. Senate seat, made that quote I just read and said, if that's the type of thing that they're going to spend American tax dollars on, then I demand equal tax dollars go to also reading Bible stories. And that's not an unfair thing. That's not a double standard. But do you really expect the people in the New York City Department of Education and PBS to be ashamed of themselves? How can you shame people who simply have no shame? For National Preview Online, I'm Jamie Dury.